Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole, and we've got an important topic that we're going to discuss today. And that topic is what issues should you consider for your aging parents? And as you're approaching retirement, oftentimes people think about what do I need to do to prepare for my retirement? But that that's sometimes just one of the things that you're thinking about. Depending upon your age and what your family circumstances look like, this is also a time where, where maybe kids are just barely out of the house, maybe just barely through school, maybe you're still supporting children while at the same time you're thinking about your own retirement, and while at the same time you may have aging parents and aging parents that you need to care for and or think about what it looks like as they continue to age and and eventually pass. And so it's not always a fun thing to think about, but it's an incredibly important thing to think about. And what we're going to do is we're going to break down the issues that you need to consider into five distinct issues. Number one, we're going to talk about cash flow and living arrangement. Number two, we're going to talk about estate planning issues. Third, we're going to talk about insurance issues. Fourth, we'll talk about tax planning issues. And then finally, fifth, we'll talk about asset and debt issues. And so what are the things that you need to be looking out for as you are planning for aging parents? And just as a side note, before we get started on the podcast website, which is ready for retirement, so readyforretirement.co, I'm going to have a worksheet that just summarizes all these issues. So as you're listening to this, listen so you can understand, okay, that's something that maybe I could think about with my aging parents, or you know what, that's something that would be really helpful for me. Listen with an eye towards that, but know that there's a downloadable, there's a resource that you can access at the end of this so that you don't have to to furiously scramble and take notes on all these different things you need to take notes on. So let's jump right in. The first thing that you always want to think of is just kind of the basics. It's the cash flow and the living arrangement issues. The first one is just do your parents need assistance in managing their bills? So sometimes as your parents age, many times they may not like doing the automatic payment. They might not have things set up on auto pay or things like that, that that are becoming more and more common. So understanding, do they need any assistance managing their bills? Are they falling behind with anything by not paying uh, the utility bill or certain bills like that? Understanding what needs to be paid and making sure that they have a plan in place to be able to do it. Also looking at income sources. Many times people are surprised to find that them themselves or their parents have income sources that they're they're unaware of. This could be a pension that they earned while working years ago or decades ago at a different company that they never began collecting. It could be an annuity that they had or purchased a long time ago that they never began collecting income on. It could be a survivor benefit or spousal benefit. So making sure that your parents are aware of all the different income sources that they they have because sometimes they are floating around out there and people don't necessarily realize it. And then a big one, of course, is, is there a plan needed to deal with potential illness or reduced mobility? This can be things like assisted living facilities, potentially. This can be long-term care type help. It may not be the case that your parents need that now, but understanding what they might need in the future is something that it's really helpful to begin thinking about today so you can start to plan for what that might need to look like in the future. And then are your parents unable to live on their own? If that's the case, then there's some different things you could consider. Can you modify their home so that care can be provided there? So they can have home caregivers that can help with some of the common household tasks. Do your parents move in with a loved one? Maybe that's you. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's another relative. But do they move in with a loved one that can help to care for them? Sometimes there's professional care managers that may be able to provide assistance to them. Or do they need to consider continuing care retirement type communities as an alternative living option? So understanding that as your parents age, 
what is that going to look like for them in terms of where they're living and who's helping with some of the day-to-day arrangements of, of everyday living. So that's the first thing that you always want to think about is what are the living arrangement issues that you need to be aware of? But now as it turns to more of the financial things, the next thing is just basic estate planning issues. So first and foremost, do you have the contact information for all of your parents' professionals or their advisors? This could be a financial advisor. This could be an accountant. This could be attorneys. This could be doctors. You want to make sure that you have the contact information of any of the professionals in your parents' life because if something's needed and there's an emergency, your parents aren't going to be able to provide that information to you at that time. So it's best to have a list up front or at least an easy place to access all that so you need to under or you you know where to go to get information as needed. Next is do important documents need to be organized? So I'll, I'll include a checklist. This will also be on the readyforretirement.co website under this, this podcast page. And I'm going to include a document called what documents do I need to keep on file? So many times the case is there's too many documents on file. You, you might have tax returns going back 30 or 40 years. You might have statements going back 30 or 40 years. But you do need to understand what, what documents are needed on file and how long do you need to keep those and which documents can be shredded or can be just removed so that you don't feel like there's too much clutter. So again, I will include a link to a, a document called what documents do I need to keep on file so you have a checklist of knowing and understanding what is needed for your parents. And then understand, do your parents have an estate plan? So if so, make sure that you're reviewing the estate plan to ensure, ensure that it's up to date. It includes things like your general and health care, powers of attorney. So understanding what happens or who has health care power of attorneys over your parents, making sure that there's a living will so that your parents can, can dictate what goes to who upon their passing. Some financial institutions will not honor power of attorneys that are from out of state or more than three years old or five years old. So understand that if there's also a financial power of attorney, what do the financial institutions where your parents bank or where they invest, what do they require so that you can think about being in a position where you can easily communicate directly with the financial institutions without worrying about having an out of date power of attorney or something from out of state that might not be accepted. Next is think about, will your parents need long-term care in a nursing home or some type of home health care? If that's the case, consider the financial impact it will have on cash flow. So do your parents have the cash flow, the income, either from Social Security or pensions or investments or anything of that nature to help to pay for long-term care? If not, consider Medicaid planning if they qualify. And even sometimes this is the case where reverse mortgages could potentially work. Not saying they always do. In a reverse mortgage, before you before you look at that, You want to make sure that you're really doing your homework, but it can be a solution in certain cases. So if there is a long-term care need or a home health care need, and there's not the assets or the resources available for that, consider other options, whether it's Medicaid or reverse mortgages or something like that. And then will your parents' individual estate, if you have a single living parent or a parent that has an estate in excess of $11.58 million, or your parents' combined estate that exceeds $23.16 million. If that's the case, there's going to be federal tax liabilities for any amounts above that once your parents pass. Now, most people, they have an estate that's less than that amount. But where I see this most commonly is someone might have parents that, that bought lots of real estate years and years and years ago. Maybe it's an apartment complex or different units like that. And the issue is the value of those properties could be $30 million, $40 million. Now, now this isn't common, but when it is... The issue is when the parents pass, they might not have a whole lot of liquid assets, but they still have to pay the estate tax because they have property in that amount. And that could be a several hundred thousand dollar tax bill. It could even be a several million dollar tax bill. If And the question is, how do you come up with the liquidity to pay that? 
So make sure that you're considering strategies to plan for possible federal state taxes, whether that's life insurance policies, whether that's other state type planning issues. But that's really only the case if your parents' estate is going to exceed those numbers. Do your parents own multiple properties? And the reason this is important, not just for the state tax, like I just mentioned, but you need to ensure that residency is clear. The understanding what state do they live in, what states are they residents of, that's clear because you want that to be clear for probate purposes and to avoid the potential for probate occurring in multiple states. So if they have different states where they're, where they're listed as residents, that can create some complications when it comes to probate and what's going to happen then with, with, will, with their will and with their estate plan. And then do the titles of your parents' accounts, whether they're investment accounts or bank accounts, do they need to be reviewed or updated? So if there's any brokerage accounts that your parents have that aren't already listed in the name of a trust, at a minimum, add a transfer on death registration to any brokerage accounts. A TOD, so transfer on death registration, what it does is it tells the brokerage account, the investment institution, where that money is to pass to upon parents passing. And at a POD, so a payable on death registration to any bank accounts. So if they have a bank account, POD registration just tells the bank that if they pass, it directs the bank on who is to inherit or who's to receive those assets at those times. And then along with that, do the beneficiary designations need to be updated? This could be on life insurance policies. This could be on investment accounts. This could be on bank accounts. Really anywhere where a beneficiary is, is listed, make sure that is up to date. The, the worst thing is having the beneficiary update because if once your parents pass, whatever the listing is, whatever the beneficiary designation is, that is what's going to be carried out. So it is very important that you review that so that you can have that peace of mind and they can have that peace of mind of knowing that when they pass, their intentions are being carried out at that time. And then do your parents own any digital assets? So th this can be something as simple as logins to different accounts, anything like that. Make sure that digital assets can continue to be managed during either their incapacity or even their passing and transfer to heirs. And that can be done by updating estate documents to account for digital assets. And then also something as simple as signing up for a password manager. So if your parents were to become incapacitated today or even pass away today, would you have any idea what the passwords are? to their various sites? Probably not. Most people wouldn't. So signing up for something like a password manager, and this is something you could help your parents with so that there's one central place where all the passwords are kept so that you can easily transition or easily help them if they're incapacitated to be able to continue managing any potential digital assets that they might have. All right, so those are the estate planning issues. Next thing we want to look at is insurance issues. And the first one is do your parents own insurance policies? This could be life insurance, health insurance, homeowner's insurance make sure that you start by ensuring that that coverage is adequate. If they have life insurance, is that going to be adequate for what's needed, either for a surviving spouse, if one parent predeceases the other, for an estate tax liability, or for whatever else might be needed, but understanding what coverage do they have, and first and foremost, understanding if it's adequate. Next is, do your parents have any long-term care insurance? And if they do, is there any long-term care rider on a life insurance policy or critical illness insurance? If that's the case, just make sure that you review the benefit triggers. Benefit trigger just, just tells you at what point do certain riders go into place, do certain benefits go into place, and understand that ahead of time is going to be important for your planning as, as you approach that. So insurance is very straightforward or pretty straightforward. It's just understanding, are they adequately covered with life insurance, with health insurance, which is typically Medicare, and then any supplemental policies at that time, their homeowner's insurance, and then many times, most importantly, long-term care insurance, to make sure that they have the benefits that they need if they do end up needing long-term care. 
The fourth of the five issues that we're going to talk about is tax planning issues. So the, the one of the big ones is, is there going to be any point at which your parents have any deductible medical expenses in a given year? So here's why that's important. Your parents can deduct qualified unreimbursed medical expenses. So qualified expenses that they don't get reimbursed for in the amount that those expenses exceed seven and a half percent of their adjusted gross income. So to, to give a basic example, if your parents' income is $100,000, then any medical expenses that they have in excess of $7,500, that's something that can be deducted. Now, you might think, okay, well, it's tough for their premiums or they're, they're not going to pay that much because they have insurance. Well, unreimbursed medical expenses, qualified medical expenses, they can include things like transportation to healthcare appointments. They can include modifications to a home or a car for medical reasons. It can include long-term care insurance premiums that can be fairly expensive, very expensive sometimes. And there are some subjects based on age or limits based on age. They're privately hired in-home health care employees. There's many things that you might not think of that actually qualify as qualified medical expenses. And if you add all those up and that number exceeds 7.5% of your parents' income, that's something that can be deducted, which is going to help to offset their income this year. Now, not only that, but in those years where maybe they have significant medical expenses, there are some strategies that can be used where you can take advantage of those years where they have large deductions to do things like Roth IRA conversions, serious Roth conversions, where if their income is very low because of those expenses or if their taxable income at least is low, well, great. Is that a good year to start converting a lot of their IRAs into Roth IRAs so that their future income, more of it is tax-free or that when their heirs ultimately inherit their assets, that's a tax-free inheritance as opposed to an IRA that would be fully taxable. You can also look to do capital gain harvesting. So capital gains, that there's a capital gains tax when you sell an investment for more money than, than your parents originally paid for it. But if you're under a certain threshold, you can actually realize capital gains and not pay any taxes for it. So if these large medical deductions allow your parents to significantly reduce their income, those could be great years to harvest some gains in some of their taxable accounts. If you're reviewing your parents' tax return, are there any capital loss carry forwards? If so, consider selling one of their assets at a gain to offset this carry forward. Because if your parent passes with any capital loss carry forwards, it disappears. It doesn't carry you over to the next generation or future heirs. And also, are there any unrealized tax losses in an account owned by your parents? If so, consider harvesting, meaning selling that investment at a loss, or consider gifting that asset so you can preserve the loss and avoid the step down in basis upon the passing of your parents. There are some double basis rules that you'll need to be mindful in that. So if, there, if you have any questions, that's something that you'd want to reach out to financial planner or maybe your tax planner for. But in general, those are some strategies that you can use to preserve some of those tax losses. If one parent is ill, are there any sizable unrealized gains in an account owned by the healthy parent? Depending upon what state you're in, there could be some pretty significant tax planning strategies here as well. For example, you could have the healthy parent that gifts an account, an investment account that has a lot of unrealized gains in it to the parent that's ill. And what happens is the healthy parent would be listed as the, the beneficiary on that account. And what happens is when the ill parent passes away, there's a step up in basis. So if there's a significant gain in an account, well, when the ill parent passes, that gain goes away because there's a step up in basis. And then the healthy parent inherits that or becomes the owner on that. And all of a sudden, there's not that same tax liability. Now, if you live in a state where there's a community property state, and this there's nine states that have this, it's Arizona, California, Idaho, Louisiana, Nevada, New Mexico, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. So I'm in California, which is one of those states that has that. If that's the case, well, if you even own something jointly, 
and it's a community property state, then if one spouse passes away first, the entirety of that investment steps up in basis. So you don't necessarily have to gift it to the ill spouse. You could have the investment owned jointly and accomplish the same thing. All right, so that's tax planning issues. And now finally, for the fifth of the five issues that we're going to talk about, we have asset and debt issues. So the first thing to look at is, could there be property, assets, or life insurance that needed to be managed but haven't been identified? Here's an example of what that could look like. It could look as something as small as a points feature on a credit card. Do your parents use a credit card? And maybe they have a whole bunch of miles or points racked up and, and they've just never used them. See if those are transferable. If your parents pass or even in, in, while they're living, can those be transferred to, to someone that can use them, whether that's relatives or yourself or whoever that is? Check for safety deposit boxes. You'll be surprised at how frequently people find, whether it's cash, physical cash, or statements, or other investment accounts from things that people have no idea that they even existed. So check for safety deposit boxes because that might leave clues or have clues as to other accounts that maybe your parents forgot about or didn't realize they had or just just lost in the midst of not having everything fully organized. So check for safety deposit boxes to see if there's anything there. And then even checking state agencies. There's unclaimed property sites that are run by the state treasurer in each state. And what you can do is you can do a simple search. You know, you could search your your parents' name and, and the city they lived in and the state, if there's any unclaimed property, the state will list what could potentially exist out there. So this is oftentimes if a certain institution couldn't identify an owner of an account or an owner of a property or a refund or something like that, you can just Google your state name and then unclaimed property and that should take you to the treasurer site where you can check that for your parents. Will there be any expenses that require parents to sell any investments? So looking at what expenses are coming up, whether this is for long-term care, whether it's for basic living expenses or anything else like that, or to pay off a debt, things like that, but understanding what potential expenses exist so that you can identify what's the best way to pay it, either with income sources they already have, or maybe through having to sell some investments. Check to see if your parents have any annuities or illiquid assets or even certain insurance policies because sometimes these are not very straightforward policies. And if they do have them, you want to review them to understand all of the options. These may come with riders, they may come with accelerated death benefits, they may come with all kinds of different features that you wanna be aware of ahead of time so you can understand what's in the best interest of your parents and, and their intentions with their finances. And then have your parents reach their required begin date for their required minimum distributions. And this would be based upon any retirement accounts that they have and understand what, IRAs or 401ks or other retirement accounts they have and consider the required distributions that they have to take. Now, as part of the CARES Act for 2020, the IRS waived all required minimum distributions for 2020. So those don't have to come into play today. But if you're ultimately going to inherit an IRA or another retirement account, wherever your parents are in terms of having to collect their required minimum distribution could impact what you're required to do as well in the future. And then just start to see, are there any assets or accounts that should be consolidated just for the sake of general organization? Many times it's best to start thinking about that as soon as possible so that things are organized and streamlined as much as they can be. So that's a list. It's a very comprehensive list. Like I said, I will have a link to this on the Ready for Retirement webpage so that you can just download this and be able to access everything that we talked about here. But those are the cash flow and living arrangement issues, the estate planning issues, the insurance issues, tax planning issues, and then the asset and debt issues. And I hope that's helpful because I know how overwhelming it can be to start thinking about the issues you need to consider for your aging parents. And so just want to be able to provide this resource to help out as much as possible. So that's it for this episode. If there's something that you would love to hear me talk about on a future episode, I'd love your feedback. If that's the case, go to the Ready for Retirement webpage, and there's actually a section on that website or a tab on the website that says submit a question. 
And by submitting a question, I'll be able to review it and answer that. And of course, it'll be anonymous, but I'll be able to answer that so that you can have a well thought out and a thorough response to whatever questions you might have about retirement. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to episode number 18 of the Ready for Retirement podcast. To see the show notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, please head over to the Ready for Retirement website, which can be found at readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this show. A new episode's released each week, and by subscribing, you'll be notified each time that happens. And this show is designed to answer your questions about retirement. If you have a question, chances are good someone else has that same one. So please submit your question. That can also be done through the readyforretirement.co webpage, and I'll answer that question on a future episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please let me know by leaving a five-star review. Love hearing what you think, and more reviews help more people to find this show. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. It's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.